Hey everybody! Welcome Hello. back to Rewind. Oh, sorry, I cut in on you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been a minute. We don't. We're just completely out of sync right now. So you know, we were taking a break, and the universe decided to drop a little bomb on us. So we come back to talk about a show being canceled. But before that, we're gonna catch everyone up on our lives and uh, go from there. So Jonah, what have you been up to since uh, we wrapped season one of The Rewind? Oh God, what haven't I been up to? Um, I, so this is very personal, I guess. And I didn't mean for it to get this personal this early on in- No fucking early. (laughs) But I think it's important and there's no shame in like mental health and stuff. obviously and we're just going to destigmatize that bullshit about how you shouldn't share about mental health or behavioral struggles we should be all be able to talk about it yes openly we're all going through so many of the same things but nobody wants to talk about it so for a while now i've been having like struggles with um like focusing and like organization and um productivity and just a lot of things that have affected my day-to-day um, routines, particularly within my work and within my relationships. And this, this, there, this started like within the past few years, but it really became an issue during the pandemic. And I really feel like a lot of it was triggered during the pandemic. So I have been in the middle of testing um, for, uh, ADD or ADHD and um, it's a very interesting process um, there's lots of I mean it's like hours worth of uh, uh, appointments and evaluations and activities that they test you on and um, lots of questions asked and lots of forms to fill out I mean it's a whole situation so um I have just wrapped my second test and my third one will be in a couple of weeks and I'll know then if I have ADD um, or some other kind of like, you know, issue or challenge that would explain my current struggles. (laughs) So it's been an interesting ride doing that. It's, and it's really made me look in inward um more and also um retrospectively i guess yeah and we had a friend that got their testing earlier and as they kept telling us like different things like triggers and symptoms and things of that nature i think both of us were like oh i that's (laughs) that's me Oh my yeah. god! I I have definitely not uh, been tested yet, but I feel the itch to do it every every time I go to the doctor because I definitely know that I have uh many many of those same symptoms. <laughs> yeah, I will. It's like one of those things where you start you know so many people who have this this um, disorder, and you 
you know that there's like things that run in your family. So you know your your risk or chance of having it is pretty high, but then you like know all these people around you and they they have a lot of the same things that you struggle with. So I think it's just that that uh, desire for validation of just like trying to understand yourself more and and like learning more about yourself and you know it's it's very interesting um so we'll know pretty soon <laughs> one way or another cool i guess we'll have to do another episode when you get your diagnosis um what about you keenan what's happening in your life so my life has been i guess a constant emotional roller coaster <laughs> Um, so much of it is other people's drama though, that, but I get to help, you know, other queer people find like affirming healthcare and help point them in the direction of housing and things of that nature. So it's like being able to celebrate some triumphs with people. And that definitely helps, you know, some of the lower stuff that I have to deal with, you know, when I'm like crying with the parent who's trying to find all the resources they can for their kid that just came out as trans, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to do all those sorts of things. And uh, because of the work that I've been doing, I guess I have received a nomination as a champion of pride uh, through the Advocate Magazine. You guess? Which- you, you I mean, know. yeah, no, it, it happened. Like, I, I am a champion of pride. They, they posted all the things, and it's so, uh, it feels good to know that, like, though I've been yelling into the void of, like, hey, trans people matter, and we queer folk are here, and we deserve all the things, and just kind of, like, living my life and being a visible kind of representation of, of queer life in Mississippi. It's really fascinating to see all the different stories and all the different types of people yeah. with different backgrounds. And I was just so proud to see my friend's face there among all those people all over, you know, the country. Bravo on that. That was fun. I'm, I'm really, I'm very proud of it. And I'm so excited. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what's been going on with me and, and constantly working and doing Spectrum Center stuff and uh, just living. And we did share that on the Rewind podcast, right? The link to that article? Yeah, yeah, I'll share it. I don't think I retweeted it from the, the podcast. So I'll, I'll do that. Listeners would like to read it. I just want to tell you, I'm loving the cap situation. I saved this for when we started recording to make you really uncomfortable, but there's a whole glow situation going on. This flat bill cap that you're wearing, like I'm so sexually attracted to you right now. It's like, it's like beautiful. I'm like, you should wear a flat bill cap more often. I don't know what it is about it, but it looks so good. I'm really weird about hats and caps because my ears stick out that's part of what makes it super cute i don't know i'm weird about my little ears don't be weird embrace it i am they're like pointy ish i'm like am i part elf i don't know (laughs) as you may know zoe's extraordinary playlist was canceled and we have so many feelings about this because the show 
was magical. And we'll tell you all of our reasons for like loving this show a little bit later. Um, but first, for those of you who are not super familiar with the show or you may just be tuning into our podcast so you don't know that we talked about it on probably every other episode of the podcast when we talked about current television. Um, so Jonah is going to give us like a synopsis of the show and we're going to talk about some of the characters and then we'll move on to the road to cancellation and, and just go talk about that for a bit. Uh, Jonah, hit us with that synopsis and character description. So let me introduce you to a fucking treat and a half of a television series that totally caught me by surprise as someone who doesn't necessarily love musicals and I've been very vocal and open about that. Um, Zoe's caught me by surprise and I love this show. So here's a little bit about uh, Zoe in a nutshell, um, the show that is. Oh, and let me back up and say this synopsis I'm actually pulling from um, the Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist wiki from fandom.com. So if you want to know more, they have like lots of information, a whole episode list on there, a full list of the cast, like all that information on that site if you would like to check it out. So the plot synopsis is... Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist centers on Zoe Clark, a whip-smart computer coder forging her way in San Francisco. After an unusual event, she starts to hear the innermost wants and desires of the people around her through songs. At first, she questions her own sanity, but soon realizes this unwanted curse just might be an incredibly wonderful gift. This show actually stars Jane Levy as Zoe Clark, Skylar Aston as Max Richmond, Alex Newell as Mo, John Clarence Stewart as Simon Haynes, Peter Gallagher as Mitch Clark, Mary Steenbergen as Maggie Clark, and special guest star Lauren Graham, Lorelai herself from Gilmore Girls as Joan Bennett who I really enjoy in this show. For people that may not be familiar with some of these, like, can you give a, maybe a, like a popular show? So Jane Levy, you might recognize her from an ABC show from several years ago called Surburgatory. That was a short-lived show as well, but very funny. It was a little like half hour sitcom. And I did not watch that show frequently, but I did catch a couple episodes and she caught my eye then. I just thought she was really funny in that role, very likable and charming on screen, cute as a button. She was also in a couple of horror movies that you might recognize. She was in the Army of the Dead remake. It was really good, actual scary as shit. And she was also in Don't Breathe, another horror movie that came out in the past few years. Also, Skylar Aston, he you would probably recognize from Pitch Perfect. I think most people would recognize him from yeah. there. Um, he's also a musician, a very gifted musician. And he mm. just had a song. Uh, well, he has a song coming out this week. Cute. Um, I think it's called without you um don't quote me on that but follow him on the socials to find out more on that yeah. um he was also in um yeah. uh, crazy ex-girlfriend which is a show that i keep telling you like you if you love 
this one that you you should really visit Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And Alex Newell... Alex was in Glee yeah. as Unique. So he, uh, they were a trans character on Glee. I believe Unique was trans. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. I'm not very familiar with Glee. I mean, I know of it, obviously. It was but... a, a total Gleek. I was super into that show. Like, it was my guiltiest of guilty pleasures, but I wasn't guilty about it. And mm-hmm. to this day, I will defend uh, Britney S. Pierce's version of Run the World as better, is like the better version. Oh, let's not get the B.I. factor. Definitely going to get canceled by the, my my little, my niece is the, is, we're my too niece. young of a podcast, Keenan. To be really? canceled by the Bayhive. I'm not familiar with John Clarence Stewart before this show, who plays Simon. I wish I was. He's so beautiful and so gifted. Simon and a dancer, but I don't. I don't know any of his other work, so I would have to look into that. Peter Gallagher. I mean, he's a very recognizable. He's. He's been in like a shit ton of things over the years, like two of the things that I feel like probably doesn't do justice to his body of work, but that I recall first off is he was in Law and Order for a a little while, uh, Law and Order SVU, and also um, in an old USA show called Covert Affairs with Piper Perabo. He played the boss on on both of those shows, <laughs> so he's always playing like someone in what of authority. Um. So John Clarence Stewart was in thirteen episodes of Luke Cage. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch Luke Cage because I'm like I don't remember him. I okay. So I never watched Luke Cage. I love that. I, I meant to, and I definitely. And I'm so glad you reminded me of that because I need to. I I would like to go back and watch too. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Mary Steenburgen is another one who she's she's a movie and film a movie and TV actress. You might remember her from as the mom from Stealth Brothers. I think she played Will Ferrell's mom. <laughs> Okay. And she's been a, like a shit ton of other things um, that I can't think of for the life of me right now. She's like a, a popular character actor. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. You, yeah, I feel like her face and Peter Gallagher Gallagher's face are like, I'm like, I know you from something. They are recognizable veteran actors who've consistently been working for decades. And then Lauren Graham, of course, we know as Lorelai from Gilmore Girls and from parenthood the one that played andrew leeds who plays david clark which is um the brother. Uh, Zoe's brother do you recognize do you know what he was in do you recognize uh so his face is familiar but i never never really bothered to look I him feel up like when i tell you wait mm, maybe he, oh wait he oh okay yes yes i always get it mixed up he um I always want to say he's in Bring It On, but I don't think he's in Bring It On. He was in Major Pain. Did you ever watch? Yeah, I love Major Pain. Like, which one was he? He was that. He was the kid who was like, he was one of the older ones, and he was like the, the sort of like um, ass kissing. Um, 
Oh, was he the one that had like the really thick like Coke bottle glasses on that like switched teams or something? Didn't he like switch teams and go to another school? I think so. Oh my God. That's crazy. That is in. I think he probably snitched on him a couple of times at one point when they like weren't. Yeah, he was. I had to like hop over to his IMDb because I'm, uh, I was like, what else was he in? He did three episodes of Nip, Nip Tuck. And um, he also did three episodes of Dirt. You know, I never watched Nip Tuck, but I loved Dirt. With Courtney Cox? Yes. That, we need to do an, uh, we, we will do a cancel cast about Dirt because that was an amazing fucking show. I need, I've been trying to find that to watch it, but I think you have to pay. It's, you can't find it anywhere streaming or you, or you might have, you would have to That's pay insane. for it, I think. I wonder if they're just on like YouTube. We're not pirating. Don't, don't ding us. <laughs> um, but I, that was such an amazing fucking show. It was so good. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do an episode about that. It was a side of Courtney Cox that you have never seen before, and I thoroughly enjoyed everything. Now it did get a little fucking weird at times. Like there was some shit with bugs and hallucinations and shit. Oh, the, because one of her her guy, like her main photographer, was schizophrenic. So you were like seeing what he was seeing. Okay, is that what it was? Okay, because yeah. I don't think I ever got to that point for something yeah. that I wasn't able to watch it anymore. And yeah, like they had a really crazy relationship, uh, but he basically did whatever she wanted him to do. Yeah. Even even if he didn't take his meds. Really cool. It, it was, uh, um, I think he was schizophrenic. Now now I'm I'm not sure, but he 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 had some kind of delusion, like, like or paranoia. Mm. So yeah. It was a very good show. It was so good. It was almost, it felt like a female version of Nip Tuck in a way. Mm. In they of, aired around the same time, right? Yeah, it actually followed Nip Tuck, I think, or okay. like it was on the same channel. I, I feel yeah, they were both on FX. Mm. <sighs> what a good, good callback, Keenan. It's such a good show. I saw, I also did an episode of Veep. Okay, I'll let you proceed. Well, I was going to, um, I was going to list the showrunner, but this article doesn't. This it's page uh, it's in the notes. It's in the doc. Okay. Austin Winsberg. Perfect. Yeah, Austin Winsberg's the showrunner. Um, I also wanted to give a call out to Mandy Moore, who is the choreographer. Not the Mandy Moore that we commonly think of. <laughs> don't do ah, you gotta lead with that i'm thinking <laughs> it like i mean i feel like she gets this all the time but mandy moore is a of a, a, a very talented very highly sought after uh choreographer um that uh writes choreography for dancing with the stars so that's kind of her claim to fame. She's been working on Dancing with the Stars for ever and has the sickest choreography on that show. 
and I love I've lo- I've long loved Dancing with the Stars. I haven't watched it in a long time, but um, like I always thought it was such creative choreography. And then I saw her name pop up on like the first episode of Zoe's, and I'm like, yes, yes. But it, your your mind kind of does do that trippy thing of like when you see that name on screen, you're like. <gasps> Mandy because Moore does the more famous Mandy Moore. She right. should use her middle initial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or go by Amanda. Be very like, misleading. Yeah. I think I think you've told me this before, but never gave me the backstory of this being a completely other person. Mm-hmm. So I've gone this entire time thinking that uh like fucking we know who you are. I'll be for your uh, what uh, fuck. I had these lyrics in my head. Missing uh, you like candy. <laughs> yeah, missing you like candy, Mandy. <laughs> no, it's definitely not the missing you like candy, you Mandy. <laughs> you don't just say this is Mandy Moore and not give context if it's not <laughs> Missy Candy. I Mandy. thought I did tell you, you that. Did not. <laughs> I'm telling you now. <laughs> I can't believe you thought this all time. Like, no, it's not that Mandy Moore. But um, I've I've become a fan of the. Um, lesser known me anymore who did the choreography for Zoe's and um, we're so- going to make up her initial her new her initial is L she is Mandy L Moore Mandy L Moore what if her middle name was L like E-L-L-E well that would be then I call her Mandiel Mandiel I feel like it's S I feel like it's Mandy S Moore like for Sherilyn Sherilyn is like Mandy Sherilyn Moore. I don't know. Anyway, not the point. Um, yeah, so that's that. Okay. So now that we know a little bit about the show, a little bit more about the characters, I do want to call this out because I think it's such an important like piece. Like Mo is a gender fluid character, and that was awesome to have Mo on this show as like one of the leads. Oh, okay. Anyways, so Road to Cancellation. It really wasn't like a a big like break or anything that this this show was uh, canceling. I think two weeks after the season wrapped, uh, they pulled the plug and informed the the cast. So the cast knew in May and that didn't come out publicly until June. But the whole time, the cast, they they were aware that it wouldn't, like, continue on NBC proper. But they would just be, like, relocated to, to Peacock and go to streaming, which would have slightly annoyed me. Because I'm like, fuck, now I gotta you know, get a Peacock account. I don't need another streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have gotten it because I love the show. Um, but then that fell through. So um, Lionsgate TV, who's the studio behind it, is currently shopping the show uh, for other streaming platforms. Yeah, and I, you know, I feel like it's one of those that I think will do, I think it has done really well on streaming platforms Mm -hmm. like Hulu specifically, because it goes to Hulu every week anyway, like uh, the next day after it airs on NBC. Um, so I feel like a lot of people probably like found it that way anyway, and that's where I've watched it. Um, so I'll have cable. <laughs> honestly, to me, the natural progression, like, just feels like Hulu picking it up. It just, it just seems like 
that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. No or pressure. Go to HBO Max to get real raunchy. Get on it. Like we need this show to survive and Hulu. I think you can make this happen for us. We are, we're putting it out into the universe, out into the ether. You need to pick this show up. And a little bit later, we'll talk about some of the existing things that are out there to, for fans to like lift their, to lift fans' voices so that we can let people know we want to see this show. So let's talk about a couple of things so i've lifted a few quotes from two really great articles uh one was from vanity fair where they had a great interview with jane levy and the other um is from entertainment weekly where there's a great interview with skylar Aston. the vanity fair article was written by david canfield and the entertainment weekly article was written by sydney buxbaum so I pulled a couple of uh, pieces from those articles and Jonah, let's like, let's talk about those for a second. So this first one is from, uh, from Jane, where she was talking about NBC's priorities in reference to their upcoming lineup for fall of 2021. And she says, I'm sorry, but I have to say this. I look at the new NBC lineup and it's like, okay, we will watch a lot of shows about crime and guns, um, she lamented, our show is about love. It's a real shame to take that off the air. I feel like it's the wrong move. Mm. I mean, yes. shots fired, Jane. And, you know, we talked about when we... <laughs> so when we talked about this before and we hadn't seen anything come out, I was like, well, maybe everyone's just kind of like playing it low key because they're still shopping the show around and no one is ready to like be publicly outraged. But Jane says this, and then we have another quote from Skylar a little bit later that kind of leads to the same thing. I guess I'll just say it now and then we can kind of talk about that as being a, a, a deal. So he says, in addition to the fan support, the critical love for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, plus the award recognitions Jane Levy has seen over the past two season seasons made the cancellation feel like a breakup, Austin adds with a laugh. It's like, was it something I said? What actually happened? We have a vague idea, obviously, of NBC going in a different direction uh, with their certain slate but we were definitely told that it was looking very likely that we were moving to Peacock. So we have both of the main like characters of the show talking about the, the lineup that NBC has coming up being, you know, just completely different with what their show is offering. Mm -hmm. So Jonah and I took a, like a little look, see over I'm like what's going on with NBC. And um, in this uh, lineup title article, they say that this is us, uh, last hurrah push to 2020, which lets us know that this is us is gonna be gone soon. I personally have not watched that show, uh, but people love it. Um, there is another one, so all the law and order uh, Thursday. So they're gonna have an entire day dedicated to law and order. Yeah, because um, they have, you know, law and order, uh, SVU, which is mm -hmm. long running, and Law and Order Organized Crime, 
um, that Chris Maloney came back for that will mm-hmm. be going into its second season. But now they're also adding another Law and Order um, mm-hmm. to that roster. Something like Law and Order for the defense. Mm-hmm. So that's all Thursday nights. Wednesday night is Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. So another uh, night dedicated to Chicago. Cool. Uh, so I'm assuming like the Law and Order, all the Law and Orders are in New York. All the 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 Chicago like shows. Uh, the night before that, there's The Voice, something called La Brea, and then New Amsterdam, which I think is like a hospital show. They also have like some other, um, you know, like some of their newer yeah. comedies that have been renewed, like Mr. Mayor, Young Rock, Keenan. I watched like maybe two episodes of Keenan. <laughs> I was like, I wanted this to be really funny. And it just wasn't. I do enjoy Young Rock. I haven't seen Young Rock. I, I couldn't get past the first episode of Keenan, honestly. Because I really wanted to lo- love it too. I love Keenan. Actually, I think I watched a few episodes, but it seemed like there was an episode where the character made some growth and then he was like the same person in the next episode. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. They are um, also bringing like, of course, Brooklyn Nine-Nine back, but it's apparently the upcoming eighth season is gonna be its last season. Mm. air this summer so another cop show but also a comedy which is like a perfect like symbol it's perfect symbolism of like what that um network is dedicating itself to now which are like cop shows and uh, a handful of comedies yeah and i mean like at least brooklyn 99 has a black queer character and raymond holt for the win um but they're canceling it so Mm that shows their dedication to telling stories about about black queer people i would love for someone to tell me if there are any black queer characters in any of the chicago's or any of those other shows um please let me know i really only watched stuff that looks interesting on hulu i I don't even yeah you know i've talked about like we never really watched nbc in general in our house growing up so Jane said like she was just kind of like I think at the end of that Vanity Fair article she was just so full and uh, she goes and if this is really the end uh, Levy tells VanityFair.com she is filled with gratitude adding I feel like I did everything that I wanted to do uh, with this show if it's over I don't have any regrets I gave it my all and so did everybody else and there's another line a little bit later where she's like, she talks about taking a step back. Like she is so appreciative of the fans, like talking about how much this means to them. And like, we want the show to come back, please save the show. She didn't say, don't do that. But I think she really was saying, hey, I can't be a part of this conversation right now because I'm, I'm going through the motions and I'm trying to deal with this in my own way. It does, you know, it just put yourself in their shoes of having to get that news and digest it and then 
be expected to speak out about it. Maybe that's yeah. why it took them about a, a week or so to really come yeah. after that news broke because they were all having to digest it and figure out what where they their placement was in that conversation uh, and what they could say because I'm sure there were some really I noticed it was like those who did address it on their social media were really vague about it. I noticed that Alex Newell like retweeted an Entertainment Weekly article about the cancellation and commented on the post. Uh, my heart with like four exclamation point points and two crying emojis um you know like but I didn't really see much of a a statement after that I don't know if you came across one but I think they all have just been kind of walking on eggshells about it except until these interviews or until these statements were made and I think now they're like okay we can actually feel and express more adequately but even now I feel like there's probably still some shock that they're yeah. still sorting through and grief of having to having lost like a wonderful creative outlet, something that they they have so much pride for and love for. Um, because you know being on that set has to be so much fucking fun. And and working with those people, just like those personalities seem so loving and enjoyable. I mean, I'm sure it's like a family there. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah, but like it just seems like you know the perfect atmosphere for that yeah it's it's so exciting I just feel for them so much because like like as uh Skylar was saying like they were um you know they were basically like oh this is what it's gonna look like this is how we're gonna transition it this is what the shooting is gonna be like they they were getting these notes about the show continuing and then if he was he was just like you know what uh, uh, no on cops and doctors <laughs> yeah yeah no more feel-good stuff we're gonna like svu is still on the air so what did uh, the showrunner austin winsberg say about it he's telling the fans like let let them know how you feel um the more fan support we can throw behind this, the better. So he's wanting the fans to speak out because he just feels like the show is going to survive elsewhere, which, you know, we talked about that. I think it, we both think it'll do really well on Hulu. I think I just want everything to be on HBO Max because I'm like, HBO Max. But yes, like put it on Hulu and let's get this freaking show. Ugh. Yeah, I I think I think it has a good chance anyway because I think um, there's a very obvious fandom uh, and it's award winning. It literally has won yes. awards. It like Jane Levy won Emmy for it. Like, so it's I mean it's kind of crazy and this seems to happen sometimes with like cult favorites, like shows that become cult favorites um, or fan favorites and that also win awards and then suddenly they're acts and i'm like are are these people like the people the executives are they that tone deaf are they that out of touch with their audiences are they not seeing what we're all seeing and hearing what we're all hearing like it's just it's almost like they don't believe in what they are putting out as much as we the fans do you know what i mean yeah like, so. where is the support? It's just so, it is so upsetting. But I feel like I do think it'll help if the the louder the fans can be, the louder us as fans can be, 
the more people who can get on social media and uh, hashtag Zoe's Save Zoe's Playlist, sign petitions on change.org. You know, there's there's lots of ways yeah. to show your support for this show. Yeah, and the, in the Vanity Fair article, they, um, so essentially right, right, you know, Jane calls out NBC for, um, for the lineup and saying they made the wrong move and fans agreed. And immediately after the cancellation news broke, uh, they joined um, Winsberg, the showrunner, who was also amplified by Lionsgate TV and spreading hashtag Save Zoe's Playlist, uh, social media plea far and wide. Um, it's not the first series to have attempted this. Some have succeeded, others have not. Jane wants the fans to know she has moved, she's moved by the effort. So um, she's like, I'm stepping away, but you know, she said, what if it doesn't happen? It's emotionally, it's fucking with me. This show has been so meaningful to her. What does the show mean to you, Keenan? In that wonderful Vanity Fair article, Jane talks about how the pandemic in the show is linked because the show aired in January of 2020 and it pretty much ran through the pandemic. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say this now, spoilers. I don't think we really said any spoilers yet, but the season one finale, her father dies. And the same week that aired was the week my grandfather uh, died with COVID. And uh, there was a line that the, the what is it, like the home nurse that helped as, the, as their father was dying, he makes this, this uh, quote to Zoe when she's like, I guess this is our time to talk about death. And he says, death is hideous and ugly and grotesque and wildly, wildly unfair. Or maybe death is beautiful and spiritual and transcendent and sometimes a very necessary and freeing escape from our physical bodies when they are no longer habitable. Mm. When I tell you that line healed me, mm. I was like, this show, with my grandfather has been around my entire life. Like, I'm the first grandson. I often would say that I'm the favorite grandchild and nephew. I'm sure that my cousins would disagree, but um, you know, like whenever I used to like see him at church, I go like, Papa, look at my new suit. Whenever granny would, my mom would buy me like new clothes. Like I wanted, I loved my Papa. And uh, so losing him, I lost my first hero. And this show really helped me through that. And I, I can't think of, well, Buffy, <laughs> but you know, like other shows that really like have seen me at some low points in my life and just from it helping me. And, and that show was wonderful. Um, and then of course, seeing Mo, being Mo, living Mo's truth and owning every scene. I don't know. Alex's pronouns or that character's pronouns now that I think about it. I think it. the character's pronouns are he, him, his. Okay. I, I, I remember hearing that in the show. Okay. Um, just like seeing Mo live his life and his truth and then, then they give him a love story in season two with a, a, another Black gay man. So it 
it is often seen on television, black gay men are put with white men and you don't really get to see like black love, black queer love on television. And that's what we got. And then we even get this story of, of the boyfriend whose name I cannot remember, Perry. Perry is out, he's living his life. He is divorced, but like divorced from a man. So like, it's not him like just coming out of the closet. He's been living a queer life with kids, but he is also like very, very masculine presenting. And so they were about to really explore some of his internalized homophobia when it comes to Mo's character being very like outwardly gender fluid. And it's like, bitch, I'm about to wear this gown <laughs> and look gorgeous. And to, watch, to like know that this was a story we were gonna get to see on television for season three, I was pretty excited about it. Yeah, because it's, it's, giving, it's giving like a voice and platform and imagery and story to so many people who haven't seen themselves represented before in television. Yeah. It was so refreshing to watch. And I love, Mo for me was absolute the breakout, the breakout star of the show. Um, She's up every scene. As a scene stiller, like, and just has a powerhouse voice. There wasn't a single number that he performed that I was not enthralled by and completely uh, engaged with. I, I am sad to see the show go if this is the end. If it is, I'm even more sad, I think, to see that character go. Characters don't always do that for you, especially like supporting characters. You know what I mean? Like if a supporting character can hook you in even better than the lead, you know that's magic. Every every time Mo was on this screen, I was just like, yes. Not to mention, Alex can sing his fucking ass off. Alex's voice is the shit. Mm -hmm. If you like go back and Google so, or like just YouTube some of Unique's scenes um, from Glee, like belting those numbers, like so good. So, I, you know, a, I was really happy to see Alex on television again. And um, I hope that we get to see more. Jonah, what does this show mean to you? Tell us why you love it so much. One, I, I've seen Zoe and you, and it doesn't take long to figure this out about her as a character in the show from very early on, but like, she's sort of like this really quirky introverted person who loves her family is very hardworking. And so what I love about her is that they've taken an introvert character and you don't often see an introvert as the, the star of a show, especially a show like this that's so um, animated in a way, like an extravagant, this is such an extravagant show and, and force her into all of these uh, extravagant situations <laughs> like apparently that's the word of the hour for me but like like putting her in all these really uncomfortable situations where she's having to 
she's hearing people's thoughts, innermost thoughts and feelings through song. They're putting on full on dance numbers and production numbers for her. And she's the only one who can see it and hear it. And she's basically getting a, a inside view into what they're feeling and thinking at that moment. Uh, and then she, because this is a gift that's been given to her, there's sort of this unspoken expectation that she is to use it to help people. And mm -hmm. she has to figure out what those reasons are. So just watching her be put into these uncomfortable situations, I, I relate to her as a character in that quirky introverted way of where I, I like being around people sometimes and I like engaging with people and I can certainly I can certainly flip that switch and do it pretty easily, I think. But I'm most comfortable as a as a lawner and on my own and in a more independent way. And I find myself like wondering what would I do if I had this ability and I knew like there was a moral obligation because of my possession of this gift that's now been thrust upon me in this craziest way to help people with it. And how uncomfortable would that be? I mean, there are some really hard conversations that happen in this show as a result of this, some really difficult topics that are addressed and explored, which that is another thing that I really love about it, is the unique storytelling. It's like, it's this unique storytelling that sort of ebbs and flows between like comic, comical and drama um, and addresses like a range of dif difficult topics that you don't often see on network television. For instance, the lingering effects of grief. Okay, like you, you see shows explore grief in a very brief sense of like, okay, someone dies in the show. Maybe there's a shocking death to death of a family member, death of a, another character or whatever. And, um, and then you maybe have one follow-up episode where the, the characters are dealing with that. But then pretty shortly after that, it just kind of moves on and you don't get a, a big callback to that feeling or that grief. And that's just not a good representation of how life is, right? Like grief is, it lingers. It's, yeah. it's hard for a long time. <laughs> You know, it doesn't, it doesn't get written away, you know, by somebody in a room who's trying to meet a deadline um, to make good TV. It's there and it lingers. And sometimes it presents in some really uh, even more difficult and uncomfortable ways than what, you know, we've seen before. And so that's another way that they explore. Then you had like another like storyline that I thought was really interesting about, um, deaf character who was actually the daughter of um, the hospice nurse that you had quoted earlier um, mm -hmm. and his daughter was deaf and they gave her a storyline and gave him a storyline and I thought that was really interesting because he was very overprotective of her and she wanted to travel abroad and he wasn't accepting that she was ready to be independent so they did this whole number that was just instrumental. Like it was a whole production number choreographed and they were signing the song, the lyrics to the song. Mm -hmm. It was a fight song, I believe. I think it was, yeah. It was so well done. And it was so 
powerful to watch. And I love that. I love that they gave the deaf community a platform in that way and a, a voice in that way, so to speak. Yeah. They explored in season two a really difficult storyline of postpartum depression with one of the supporting characters. And it was so interesting because it was one of those episodes where like Zoe, her powers were, it seemingly were on the fritz and other like songs, heart songs as they called them in the show, as she called them in the show, being performed and sang, sang by other characters that and it didn't match up with their life circumstances or their feelings and thoughts at the time so the whole episode she's trying to figure out whose heart song belongs to whom and there was one that it was Demi Lovato I think it was Demi Lovato's song do you recall that episode Keenan? I remember the mix-up but I don't I don't remember the songs involved with uh Demi Lovato coming out as non-binary I have found myself re-listening to all of their songs or or to a lot of their songs and they hit differently. If you are a fan, I'm saying this to you, Jonah, and to all the listeners, if you are a fan of Demi Lovato, go back and listen to those songs now, knowing that they were struggling with so many things, including identity, because we know at one point they came out as a lesbian, right? So lesbian or bisexual? Bisexual, I thought. Okay, maybe maybe it was bisexual. But at one point they came out and then I was like, okay, now this song is like, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. And then they come out non-binary and like everything hits differently now. Yeah, I'm Sorry. very interested in their podcast. Oh, don't get me started. Oh, so good. That's another thing I really love about the show. They take these songs and they do these covers of these songs that like some, some of these upbeat songs are stripped down and some of these others are like, pumped up. Finally, what I'll say about it is that it was such a source of comfort and security and Mm -hmm. light in such a dark time last year. Like this came out like right when the pandemic kicked off. And when I tell you this show single-handedly, I think I tweeted this when I found out about the cancellation, this show single-handedly saved me. I, it was just so hard and I look forward to this show every week. You and I talked about it every week. We weren't talking about it on the podcast. We were talking about it, like when we would hang out or whatever, and about how much it meant to us and what happened in that episode that week and how it's so crazy to me that I am not a lover of musicals, but this show stole me from jump. I feel like both of us can sit here all, all day and talk and talk. Yeah back at each other about how much more we love the show than the other one but that's that's not even what it's about the point is it's even if we only got it for two seasons what a fucking treasure the and light, i would absolutely be re-watching like in the future yeah yeah i think i gotta i gotta put a little a little space between some of the more emotional stuff but it's definitely a show that it will be like rewatched it's it's just such a well done piece of art i love it like even with the covers they did such a great job of fitting the songs to the singers voices mm-hmm. so people that you wouldn't consider to be like a traditional singer still sounds great 
but then you could put in someone like, uh, I don't know, Bernadette Peters singing um, a Sia song. And it's just fun. Right? Yes. It's so interesting, the pairings that they do. Oh, oh, so good. I freaking love this show. But y'all have listened to us go on and on about us loving the show. Um, we're going to leave you with, again, we'll restate. Go take it to social media. Let them know that you want this show to be picked up. I think we're, are we, are we going to focus our efforts to just like tag Hulu and everything for this show, Jonah? Is that what we're saying? Tag Hulu because we already know it works well on their platform. Yes. Like I don't know why they wouldn't um, pick it up. Pick it up, Hulu. Um, so again, when you're tweeting about it, hashtag save Joey's. Wow. <laughs> when you're tweeting about it, hashtag save Zoe's playlist. I don't know who the fuck Joey is. Zoe Z O Y S. I don't even care. I don't even care if you haven't seen it. Just look. Look, focus on helping us save it first and then go and watch it. If that's yes. it's what just you want. so good. It's so good. We need fewer shows about police officers. They've been making shows about police officers since I don't know, Andy Griffith, probably before. All those like old westerns where they were hiring, like, like putting brown face on people to be Native Americans. Oh, those are all cop shows. I'm you like, know. Can we defund police TV? Can that be a thing? Like, and I'm like the funding to. And if there is a money. if there is a police show that I would recommend, there is a cancel cast about New York Undercover, which was a great show from the '90s. Cast was like people of color, uh, and it wasn't just about them being cops. It was about them being people, and like, you know, like the black detective who's like raising his son, you know, like it's, that was just such a great show. But anyways, <laughs> we don't need any more cop shows. Let's, let's try to focus on some good positive stories. Let's uh, take it to the socials. Jo- uh, Zona. I was gonna call you Zona. <laughs> you just call me Zona? <laughs> I did, I did. I was gonna call you Zona and then I caught, I stopped. <laughs> See, so we got Joey's playlist. And Zona. <sighs> What's happening to you right now? I'm probably currently having a stroke. Who I knows? feel like the flat bill cap is on too tight. Honestly. Uh, no, actually, it's surprisingly loose. I, I had it like north with like caps. I would always have to go like just to the very last line because I have like a fat head. But I have like two empty holes, and the hat's like loose. I almost made a terrible joke. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I've also recently had that issue with my belt. I have had to go a little tighter. And baby, it shows. Y'all, I bought a bike and I've been like on it. Keenan has been trucking this bike every fucking morning before work. And I truly cannot. I cannot. I almost, and I know this is probably, it's not a lot of money in the world of bikes, but I paid almost $300 for this bike. I'm, I have gotten my $300 worth of bike rides within that first month. I feel like in your first month, you've ridden your bike more than I have ridden mine in my, my, the first year of having it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you're so casually waking up early, going on bike rides, still making it back to like shower and freshen up and make it to work, like right on time. And right on the dot. 
every day. Vicariously through you, like I'm so impressed. Honestly. I just want to start. What I'm like trying to. I'm. I'm. I was waking up at like six forty-five. So now I'm. I'm six thirty, six thirty-five. I just want to be able to wake up at six o'clock and function like an adult. I think that's that's all I want to do. Like I don't want to wake up any earlier than six o'clock. Unless it's like, oh, we're taking a road trip and we need to leave early to beat traffic. I don't want to wake up before six o'clock. I think that is, I think six o'clock is fucking unnecessarily early, but you know, we got bills. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. I, you figure out that and do it successfully um, as you seemingly have. Um, tell me how, <laughs> because I am uh, the snooze king and I hit snooze so much that my dog gets annoyed. <laughs> the dog is even like, when you <laughs> wake the fuck up already, he'll groan sometimes when I am hitting snooze and it's going on and on and I'm sleeping through it. He will, he'll just start groaning and I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I <laughs> Jonah, why don't you tell them how they can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram? On the Twitter, you can find us at the rewind underscore pod and on Insta at the rewind podcast. And you can go to our, our landing page, anchor.fm slash rewind dash podcast. And you will see all of our episodes and all the places you can stream us and a link to our socials. You could even leave us a message and tell us how much you love Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I almost said Joey's again. I'm going to have to stop and think every time I say the name of the show now. And if while you're on there, if you want to give us a, a rate, review, subscribe, like that was- Yeah, do all those things. I don't think we've asked for reviews before, but please do that. Evidently, it's a good thing. Yes. It helps yes. people find us. Yes. So please, please. And we would, yeah. even if we're on the very edge of the map, like in the margins of the map, we would like to be on the map, you know? It's just like slowly making it to the coastline. <laughs> I'd be happy. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Adventures of Jonah or on Twitter at Quirky Rider Guy. You can find me on Instagram at the KT Walker, or you could find me at the K2 Walker on Twitter. Uh, I should have a link tree with bio, uh, in my bios on both of those that have links to other things. Maybe I'll put my advocate article as one of those links. But if you love photography, I have some great stuff up there. So thanks for listening to us talk about this show that we love and- um, About like how much we love this, series and how much we desperately want to save it thank you thank you for hanging in there with us okay everyone be kind and please rewind goodbye just be kind and listen to the rewind